We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host tonight, Nick, as the Thunder beat the Hawks by a final score of 121 to 114. We are proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. And as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Let's start with big picture takeaways. Um, just shout out to this young Thunder team. They're the youngest team in the entire NBA. They're on a three-game win streak. They have 11 wins now, which is tied for uh, 10th in the Western Conference. Once the Mavs take care of the Suns tonight, that'll change. Uh, but as of the time of this podcast, uh, Oklahoma City has 11 wins. The Mavs also have 11. And they sit at the 10th spot in the Western Conference, which would be a play-in spot, obviously. Um Wildly exceeding expectations. I think if you were to look at Vegas odds preseason, this team was projected somewhere between 24 and 26 wins. Um, we're somewhere between 25 and 30% of the way through the season. And Oklahoma City already has close to half of that. So definitely playing better than expected. Um, resilient team. Obviously, a lot, a lot of that has to do with Shea being ungodly this season. Um, in the MVP conversation, he's certainly not in the top three by any means, but if you were to take the, the top 10 players in the league this season, um, Shea's up there, especially with the team winning. Like if this team was four wins deep right now, I don't think Shea gets near the credit he deserves. Um, but it's time to to give him his flowers, right? Like this team is winning games. They're on the longest road trip of their season. Uh, it's a five-game road trip, all against projected playoff teams. And they're 2-0 and thus far. And it's, it's not going to get any easier over the next few um, games as they continue the road trip, but just been super impressed with uh, this team. They, whether they're down 15, 20, whether it's a, a fourth quarter comeback or, you know, regardless of the situation, um, you can tell they're well coached. You can tell they're all about winning. They never give up and they, they just, they're due for some props all around the league, not just with uh, sort of the, the local folks covering this team. So this game specifically against the Atlanta Hawks, we'll start with some big picture takeaways. 
Um, starting with Viet Krejci, um, that's not someone that we're going to talk much about tonight, but he is a, a former member of the Thunder, and his um, not necessarily play tonight, but seeing him on the bench with Atlanta really just reminded me of the fact that this team has so many talented players. I think in the moment when Oklahoma City, you know, earlier in the offseason, um, they they part ways with Isaiah Roby. Later in the offseason, um, they trade away Teo and Veet and some of these other young guys. And I think in the moment, a lot of Thunder fans were a little bit upset with that. Um, you know, obviously, these a lot of these guys were young players that still have, you know, reasonably high ceilings. And it's tough when there's a guy you watch for a season or two and they have some really, really big moments like Teo specifically. There was games his rookie year, uh, even into his sophomore year at times where you could see the upside of him. He's a 6'5 um, combo guard that you can envision being a backup point guard. You look at Veet, um, he's a jumbo guard that can, that can handle the ball and play point. He could play on the wing. He was knocking down threes. He looked really, really good in summer league. I think it's in the moment super, super easy to be upset that these types of players are no longer on the team. But then I think you, you again, he just reminded me seeing him on the bench tonight, those types of guys, now that you're, you're watching who the thunder are playing and they're legitimately 15 guys deep um, that are, that are talented and that play the right way in this system. And it just goes to show that as time goes on, maybe it's a lesson learned. Oklahoma city only has one draft pick in the first round this year. So it's a little bit different than some of the past couple drafts where they had multiple. Uh, but even then, you're going to draft somebody likely in the top 10, you know, lotteries almost essentially um, guarantee where this team projects to be. Um, Even if they were to make the play in, you know, if they don't make the actual playoffs, they'll still be in the lottery. Um, There's going to be additional guys coming in. The Thunder could also sign a young guy in free agency. They can make a trade at the trade deadline. Um, Long story short, there's going to be guys that come into this, this system. There's going to be other guys that have to be, uh, moved uh, as part of those types of transactions. And it just goes to show that that Sam has the right mindset. Sam has the nose for talent. And you just got to trust the process as these guys that you're watching even tonight. Um, Aaron Wiggins is a good example. He does a lot of really good things. His, his stat line tonight was not the most impressive, but he gives you a punch in the games that he plays. It seems like the Thunder are really, really good. But if it comes down to it, you know, this summer trade deadline next season, if there's not a roster spot, there's a chance that he's not on this team long-term and you just have to kind of cope with that and realize that there's going to be a lot of young talent that comes through Oklahoma city in the modern NBA. There is a lot of roster turnover um, year over year. Almost every team around the league, you look back two years ago, um, most teams, it's like 50% of the guys from two years ago are still on the roster and just seeing him in a Hawks uniform just kind of struck that memory of, some of the guys that were on this team last year that maybe we were high on um, that Oklahoma City's doing fine without. They replaced it with probably better talent with with higher ceilings. And there's just a lot of really, really good young guys on this team. So that was one of the big takeaways is you see the young guys making a contribution. We'll get into um, some of those guys here on these big takeaways. We'll get to some of these guys as we went through the box score later. Um, but, you know, Usman Jang, perfect example, going into kind of the second big takeaway. He was our player of the game tonight. He finished with the 15 points, five rebounds, three of four from deep, six of eight from the field. As a young rookie that spent most of the season in the G League to this point, for him to go on this road trip and really contribute and produce in a winning game, 
like in the first quarter, he had, I don't know if it was eight points, 10 points. Like he came out hot and he was really the guy that kept the thunder in the game early on. And, and him being one of the youngest players in the league, one of the most inexperienced players, even on this young thunder roster. Um, I, I think it was probably the best game of his career. And I think that those, those minutes with the blue playing in the G league, a lot of that's is getting used to the pace of play. Usman's a little bit of a different case than some rookies because he played in the NBL. It's a grown man league. Um, they, they play physical basketball. They played a fast pace. Whereas someone like Poku coming in was playing overseas and sort of a B or C league. It takes a lot of time to just adjust to the pace of play because as the pace of play increases, your ability to process the game has to increase. And that, that doesn't come, you know, with one game or two games of play. We saw it with Poku. It's been three years, like years one and two, you could see it with Poku. Um, you could see that there was that upside there, but there was a lot of really bad moments. And it was just because he was overthinking the game happens so fast. And now in year three, he's there. Like he's become this really, really good player for the Thunder. Um, I think Jang being this good this early, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a 15 point kind of guy every single night. But seeing him go through that G League system, he's going to play more G League minutes too, right? He's not going to be on this Thunder roster. Um, over the next two months, every single game. So just seeing him pan out this early and and show those flashes and process the game at a high level um, and knock down the threes at his height. Again, if you're not familiar with his background, um, Presti started scouting him at age 14 or 15 in France when he was a six foot three guard. And then he grew to 6'10 and kept the guard skills. And those are the types of players the NBA is trending towards. That's why guys like Poku, who although plays center, for this Thunder team really can play guard. Like we've seen point Poku quite a, quite a bit. We've seen him play off the ball. We've seen him play more of your traditional small forward on the wing. Those are the types of guys that the Thunder covet and the types of guys that thrive in the modern NBA. And Usman showing that early on 15 points in 19 minutes is super, super impressive, especially on that efficiency. Now on the flip side of that coin, um, the next big takeaway and, and shout out to Jacob for mentioning this um, earlier in the night Darius Baisley um, didn't play tonight. And that was a DNP. That was coach's decision. Um, fully healthy, completely able to play tonight. Didn't play. That's the first time all season that Darius Baisley has not touched the floor when active. He's had several games where he's inactive, hurt, etc. Doesn't play. But any game that Darius Baisley has actually suited up for this season, he's played. Um I'm not saying that that Usman playing as good as he did was the reason Darius didn't play, but given he's up for a contract, his minutes have been pretty hit and miss this year. And and on the topic of Darius, he's he's actually been pretty solid this year. He's got still got the tunnel vision on offense. He dribbles a little bit too much. He's got his flaws. He's an incredible defender, um, but just goes to show kind of back to my point earlier, there's guys that fans are going to fall in love with and guys that are going to be fan favorites and, and, you know, you've seen Darius be a first round pick that's played for this team for a while now. He's one of the longest tenured guys. There's a real chance that he's not on this team at the trade deadline. There's a good chance he's not on this team next year. Could he get a new deal? 100%. Like a game on December 5th, him getting a DNP, a lot can change throughout the season. Like Darius could, he could play in this next Thunder game, have a great game. He can continue to get minutes. He could get a new contract. But it just goes to show a guy like Darius, if he's not re-signed, You've got someone like Usman. They can come in, take those minutes, play a similar position. Um, a lot younger than him, I would say, has a much higher ceiling. He does a lot more. He's got more of the guard skills. 
that you want in a guy of his size that can also play the wing, kind of that combo forward. Um, so again, a lot of guys that can play. Um, Darius getting a DNP tonight was certainly interesting. Uh, I'm not in Atlanta to um, listen to the post game or anything, but I'm, I'm sure there's quotes floating around out there in Mark's presser. I'm sure that's something that he's being asked. Um, but him, him not playing was a bit of a surprise and shout out to Jacob for pointing that out. The next guy, big takeaways, Isaiah Joe. When the Sixers waived him and Oklahoma City picked him up, I think all of us thought it was a, a solid move. Um, known for being a three-point sniper, he was solid coming into the league as a second-round pick. Just a lot of guys on contenders, it's hard to get minutes on that Sixers team. As good of a shooter as he was, he was still a young player that's going to make mistakes and just couldn't really carve out a role. And he's been legit, legitimate in Oklahoma City. Like I, I knew he could shoot. I knew he could make plays. But he is a real spark plug. I don't think this is a guy, and he could prove me wrong. He's, he's proved me wrong already. I don't think he's going to be a guy that plays 25 minutes a night when the Thunder team's already content. I don't think he's going to be a J.J. Redick that's like a regular part of the rotation all the time on a, on a contending team. But he's proven he can be a spark plug. Um, tonight, Isaiah Joe was 3 of 4 from beyond the arc in 10 minutes with 9 points. Two assists, too. It's like, that's that's pretty remarkable in 10 minutes for a guy that's just known as a three-point shooter. If you can have a guy like him that can be that spark plug, and he was during points of this game. We'll talk about that as we go through um, sort of the flow of the game. He did a lot of good things. Um, the only three he missed, Oklahoma City got an offensive rebound, kicked it out. He made it. Um, made a triple on that same play. That's a guy, I'm telling you, and again, like like Usman, you can't expect Isaiah Joe to go out and, and hit three three pointers in 10 minutes every single game. But the fact that he's showing that upside now in games of consequence against a team in Atlanta that's struggling, but is absolutely a projected playoff team and absolutely has the talent to make the playoffs goes to show the type of player he could be as this team advances. And he is a little bit older than some of the other guys, um, but the three point shooting is real and it's not just catch and shoot. Like he's, he's got the ability to make some tough three pointers and his ability to be a spark plug, a microwave bench score off the bench. Um, has been really, really impressive. And then finally, once again, I mean, Shea Gilders Alexander seems to be the best player on the floor every single night. I think everyone would agree. Jason Tatum is a better player than SGA, but in that Boston game a few weeks ago, like Shea outplayed him. And that's been the case all season long. There's probably been two or three games all year where the Thunder play a team and SGA does not look like the best player on the floor or arguably the best player on the floor, regardless of who he's going up against. So you got Trey Young tonight. You got DeJounte Murray tonight, who made the Western Conference All-Star team over Shea last year. Now he's in the East. Um, he just goes out there and shows that I'm a better player all around. Like Trey, you can score the ball at a high level. You can knock down deep threes. You can pass the ball. But Trey was off tonight. He, he didn't look great. He had a really, really good um, third quarter. But overall, like Shea was the better player. He started out a little bit slow, um, at least from a body language standpoint. He had a really good first quarter, first half. Um, didn't really look in it early on in the game. Finishes super, super strong. Um, coming into this season, I knew Shea would hopefully make a jump. But the jump that he's made has been absolutely incredible. And just being the best player on the floor once again, at this point, it's like, when is he not? It doesn't matter who they're playing. He goes out there. He gives you that 30 points and he he makes the team better. He's on the floor. So he 
he's a shoe in for the all-star game at this point. Um, he's making a case for all NBA. Like I talked about at the top of the show, he's probably top 10 in the MVP race right now, just playing very, very well. So moving into the step-by-step game summary, if you guys didn't catch the game or if you just want a, a quick recap, um, first quarter, not much to talk about. It was pretty back and forth all game, um, which is actually a win for the Thunder given there's a lot of games where they dig themselves a hole in the first and they're playing comeback. Um, they lead the league in 15 point comebacks this season. They lead the league in 15 point comebacks over the last two seasons. And while that's great. And you like to see that resilience from a young team to be down 15 and have to come back. You have to dig yourselves in a hole first. And that's been a theme this year. So them being down uh, just by two points at the end of the first quarter is a win in itself. Uh, a lot of that had to do with Usman Jang, who had a pair of, uh, of triples in the first quarter, um, was the second leading scorer for the Thunder through that first quarter. Um, and, and the first quarter overall was really just Hawks making a bunch of threes. They were six of 10 from beyond the arc in the first quarter, whereas the Thunder went to the rim. Uh, the Thunder had 22 paint points in the first. The Hawks only had eight. So while it was a 29-27 score after one, um, really, it was just the teams were scoring differently. Hawks were making threes, Thunder dominate the paint, and they're down two after one. Uh, second quarter, both teams uh, were halfway decent from three. Once again, I think the biggest takeaway was the the free throws in the first half. Only seven free throws attempted between the two teams. If you guys watched this game, uh, by the end of it, that was not the case. There was a lot of free throws taken, most mostly because the end of the game was sort of the foul game for Atlanta. Um, but seven free throws between the two teams in the first, the refs kind of let them play. Hawks were a plus five on the boards. Um, they actually extended that two point lead to five by the half. So 59, 54 Hawks. Um, one thing I thought was really impressive about the thunder in the first half is that the Hawks commit the second fewest amount of turnovers per game in the league. Their offense has not been great this year. I think coming in, they were the 19th or 20th best offense in the league. Um, they don't shoot the ball well. Like you would think Trey Young, Atlanta Hawks, they're one of the better three-point shooting teams. Um, they're actually near the bottom of the league in both three-point attempts. So they don't take a ton and they don't make a ton either. They're also near the bottom in, in three-point efficiency. Um, so the offense has not been good this year for the Hawks, but the one thing going for them offensively is that they take care of the ball. And Oklahoma City uh, forced eight turnovers in the first half, which is um, well over 50% of what their their game average is. So speeding them up, um, forcing steals, bad passes, busted possessions. So the Thunder defense really stepped up there. Uh, 59 points in the first half. I think you'll take that most games. Like most NBA teams are going to score 110, 115 points in, in an average NBA game. So 59 points, you live with it. You turn them over quite a bit. Trey really struggled in the first. He was one of six from the floor for just three points. Um, Shea had 12 at half on 50% shooting. Like I talked about earlier, just looked a little bit out of it. Um, DeJounte Murray was really good in the first half. He had 14 points, but the guy that really kept the Hawks going in the first half was Bogdanovich. He had 12 points off the bench. He was absolutely the difference in the first half. Um, and again, going into the third quarter, the Hawks were up five from there. If you've, if you've covered this team or watched this team, um, the thunder through the first, uh, third of the season or so um, third quarter is where they really cook and coming out of the gates in the second half, the Hawks had a four run to start the third and extended their lead to 10 points, four minutes into the quarter. 
from there, they keep pushing. They take the lead by 13, five minutes in. So you're, you're thinking, you know, man, there's, we're, we're almost halfway to the halfway point of the third quarter. Hawks are up 70 to 56. Oklahoma City could not buy a bucket. It was the 717 mark in the third quarter when Oklahoma City got their first bucket. From there, though, things start clicking. They get that first bucket, they see the ball go in, and, and they go from there. Isaiah Joe hits a triple. SGA hits a couple buckets. Mike Muscala comes in, hits a big three, and they cut it within 10 points. From there, SGA keeps cooking. Isaiah Joe makes another three, and Oklahoma City all of a sudden is within four points. It's 84-80. The Thunder go on a 24-10 run, um, and you're like, okay, this is a game. Trey Young had 13 in that third quarter. We mentioned first half, just three points. He has 13 alone in the third quarter, so he gets going. But the Thunder combat him really, really well. Like usually when Trey Young is going, he's he's scoring, he's distributing the ball, and that's where teams can really pull away. Like I could land, especially against a Thunder team that's super young. But they stuck with it. 88-84 at the end of the third quarter. So the Thunder shave off one point of that lead, which doesn't seem like much, but given they were down 13 plus at one point. Really impressive close to the third quarter. And you enter the fourth quarter again, down just four points, and you know this is a game. Like Oklahoma City has a chance. Um, they, Oklahoma city comes out hot in the fourth quarter. They actually take a lead 93 to 90. Um, they go on a 12 to two run and ultimately have a lead 96 to 92. Um, Hawks tie it at 96 with 5:30 left from there. JRE knocks down a triple, which puts Oklahoma city up three. Um, Trey Mann gets a bucket. There's some back and forth. Oklahoma city goes up 103, 98. Um, SJ hits a couple free throws to go up 105, 98. J-Dub hits a layup on a nice pass from Josh Giddy. All of a sudden, it's 107-98. Oklahoma City leads by nine points. Um, from there, you think maybe it's over, right? Like this is the point where there's just a couple minutes left, but then Jarrett Culver comes down in transition, um, dunks it hard on the fast break. Trey Young comes down very next play after a stop. He gets an and one, and all of a sudden, we got a game again. It's 107-103, four-point game, and that's when Shea... I think really had that kind of killer instinct and started to take over a little bit. Um, he didn't like go crazy and have 20 points there late in the game, but he started hits buckets. Um, Oklahoma city really at that point um, is up probably five or six points when the Hawks start playing the foul game with about a minute 30 left. And the luxury of having Shea just Alexander on this team being a 90% plus free throw shooter. If you get him the ball late in games where the other team's got to play the hack a game and take you to the free throw line, you've got a really good chance. Because when, when teams are fouling late in games, they're banking on you hitting one of those two. And then they go down and hit a bucket, whether it's a two or three, and you just shave off points you know, slowly. And that's why these, these, la- these games like this that are close, they last forever down the stretch. But Shea, he went 13 of 13 from the free throw line in this game. Oklahoma City, in the fourth quarter, so even outside of Shea, 15 of 15 from the free throw line. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For how young this team is, and, and a few of those were Josh Giddy. I think he had four free throws down the stretch. He's, he's not a great free throw shooter. I think he's about 75% on the year. Um, for a young team to put the Hawks away at their free throw line, they're fouling, they're fouling, they're fouling, they're fouling. Oklahoma City goes to the line. Boom, 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 boom. It's every free throw every single time. And that's why the Hawks couldn't come back. And that was super impressive late in the game. Um, we've seen a ton of Thunder teams in the past miss free throws down the stretch, lose games because of it. But this young Thunder team, Again, 15 of 15 from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. Super clutch. We come out with the win once again by a final score of 121 to 114. So talked about the road trip a little bit. Oklahoma City is uh, 2-0 and on the road trip currently. And this is a really, really pivotal road trip. So you think about Oklahoma City comes into this road trip with nine wins. They're 9-13. and It's a five-game road trip against all playoff teams. There's really two directions this could go. If Oklahoma City goes on this road trip and, you know, wins four or five games, all of a sudden you're at 500 coming out of the toughest road trip of the season when you've got seven home games on the back end. Oklahoma City goes home after this road trip, plays seven home games, and I think it's something like nine or 10 of 12 games are at home, albeit some of those are against really, really good teams, but you're in front of your home crowd at Paycom Center and You've got a good feeling about this team if they come out of the road trip um, with with a you know a four or five win stint at five hundred coming home. On the flip side, a young team goes into a five game road trip where you're traveling all across the country playing against playoff teams. If you go one and four on this road trip, all of a sudden you know you're ten and seventeen, seven games below five hundred. You kind of buried yourself at the bottom of that rotation. I did the math the other day. If Oklahoma City were to win one of these five games on this road trip before they go back home, they would have to be you know, like 11 or 12 games above 500 the rest of the way to even get to 500 on the season. So pivotal road trip. It started off strong. They've got three more really tough games coming up before they go back home. Even if they go back home two and five, like for a team of this, this age and, and experience level, super impressive. Um, both these wins so far, super gutsy. They've won three games in a row now. So just really impressive. Even the, the last time the Thunder went on a, on a road trip in November, it was another four game. Or that, was, that was four. This was five. Four game road trip against playoff teams. They go two and two. So this team goes on the road. They pick up big wins against good teams, which is really not something you see from young teams. You go look at the Rockets. You go look at the Pistons. You go look at the Magic those teams that were sort of in the in the thick of things towards the bottom of the standings last year, going for that top pick, um, those teams this year are not doing that. Like the Rockets have been better of late, but holistically, the Thunder teams doing things that they weren't expected to, and and especially for a young team, these types of wins are pretty uncharacteristic. Um, standings update again. Like I said, Oklahoma City now has eleven wins on the season. Let's pull up the standings and see where they sit. 
that puts them still at 12th. So they're, they're ahead of the Lakers now who have also won three straight. The Lakers are 10 and 12, which is yikes. Um, the Timberwolves are 11 and 12. So the Thunder are a half game back of the 11 spot. Um, the Mavericks, again, they're beating up on the Suns right now. They're 11 and 11. So Oklahoma City is one game behind them now for the play-in spot. There'll be a, a game and a half by the end of that one. But if you were to tell me on December 5th, this Thunder team without Chet Holmgren was going to be a game and a half behind the Dallas Mavericks for a play-in spot. Pretty remarkable. Just like props to them. They've been really, really good this season. I don't, have, don't know how long it lasts. Um, like, is this just, you know, a hot moment and they go win, they go lose seven games straight and, and fall back down in the standings? I don't know. Like, it, it could certainly happen. But to this point, all you can do is give these guys kudos for going 11-13 um, through their first, you know, 24 games or so. Um, on the topic of Chet, uh, we had a poll tonight um, that basically asked, you know, if this Thunder team had Chet, who fixes a lot of the the issues this team has. Um, the defense has been pretty inconsistent. The offense has been pretty inconsistent. Um, Chet spaces the floor. Uh, he's probably one of the better three-point shooters on this team. Um, he's a rim protector. He is an actual center, which Oklahoma City doesn't have right now. He automatically fixes a lot of the things that this Thunder team needs. And so the poll we put out said, are the Thunder above 500 with Chet Holmgren this season? And at the time of recording this, got 327 votes. 93% of people think yes. So I guess the reason I bring that up, this team, while they may not make the play in this year, you bring back Chet next year. You bring in presumably a lottery pick alongside him. You have another year of development from guys like J-Dub and Usman and Shea and Poku and all these other guys in the core. I think this team, if they don't make the play in this year, like they're going to kind of bust through. Like Mark talks about not being a middling team. You don't want to be stuck in the middle. The Thunder want to, want to bust through whenever they emerge and declare themselves. They don't want to be just like a flash in the pan. Like Oklahoma City was good this year. They take a step back. They want to break through and be a consistent playoff team. And I think that next year could really be the year. And and the reasons why are they're 11 and 13 without the number two pick. And they played a really tough schedule to this point. They played multiple long road stints um, against really, really good teams. And they it feels like they're, they're right there. I, I don't think they're going to be there this year, but it feels like they're right there for next year, especially if in the off season, Sam makes a big splash, even at the trade deadline, um, if, if even a mediocre splash is made and, and they sign a center on an expiring deal or on a, a young center on a two-year deal just to explore them. That was actually a Twitter question we got is, um, should the Thunder sign a center? Um, are they doing themselves a disservice to this team if they don't sign a center? And I think I'm at the point where it's like, yeah, sign a guy. Like It doesn't have to be a Miles Turner, but if you can sign a 6'11 guy, a 7-footer that actually plays traditional center, um, can dominate the paint, can can pull down rebounds, can block shots, can enhance your defense. And also, you'd like a guy that can space the floor a bit too. Um, I think it just makes this team better. Probably not you know, world beaters, but it, if you had a real center on this team in the interim until Chet gets back next year, um, I think this team could really flirt with 500 for a while. You know, They haven't really had any major injury concerns. If Shea or Lou or Josh or somebody goes down for an extended period, that changes the whole story. Um, but they, they do feel pretty close to being a solid team. 
Um, on the topic of Josh, I thought he had a pretty quiet game tonight. He did hit that logo three um, with the shot clock expiring. He did finish with 17, five and four, which is a really, really solid stat line for a guy of his age. Um, five of 12, two of four from three. So if you just checked the box graph for this game and didn't watch, it looks like Josh had a great game. I felt like he was pretty quiet for a lot of it, um, which is not a which is not me bashing on Josh or bashing on the Thunder. I'm saying it's almost impressive for a guy like Josh to have a kind of quiet game. Um, even Poku had a really quiet game. He only had two points in 13 minutes. Seeing every different night somebody else shows up, contributes, produces, uh, just goes to show the depth of this team. Some other stats I want to chat through. Uh, Jalen Williams, 16 points. I'm sorry, 10 points, six rebounds in 29 minutes. He was two of two from three, four of six on the floor. So he didn't shoot a lot, but when he did, he made them and he, he rebounded really, really well. He started the power forward. He rolled his ankle there at the end of the game. It looked like he was walking off um, without too much of a limp. So hopefully that's nothing um, that is concerning. And I'm sorry, I was I was a line off. He was 12.7 rebounds. It was JRE that was 10 and six. Uh, but Jalen Williams, six of 10 from the floor. So really good nonetheless, 60%. You'll take that all day. Lou Dort, 11 points on four of 16, one of six from the three from the three point line. Not great from Lou. Um, he's looked a lot better of late coming into this game. He was somewhere in the ballpark of 45% from three over his last 12 games. So like basically you take the first um, 23 games of the season, cut it in half. The first 11 games, he was something like 20%. The next 12, he was 45 um, so he's he's looked better of late, not his best shooting game tonight, but I think you'll take that given how good he's been the 12 games prior. SGA, 35 points, um, 13 of 13 from the line. He was 10 of 22 from the floor overall. Uh, we already talked about Usman. Mike Muscala came in, hit a three. He had five points in 14 minutes. Trey Mann, I don't know what to think of, of him. He had 16 minutes tonight. Four points, 0 of 3 from beyond the arc, 2 of 6 on the floor. He's been a little bit underwhelming this season, to be honest. Um, I expected him to come in and have some of those signature, you know, 25, 30 point games where he's just unconscious on the floor. We haven't seen that much from him. So, again, it's early in the season. We could be podcasting two weeks from now and be talking about how good um, Trey Mann is. And it's just, he's, he's in a rut right now. He's not getting a ton of minutes. And when he's playing, it's, it's not really eye popping. And, that could just be, you know, the, the current rotation that Thunder exploring. He's just not part of it, and that can change super, super quickly. Um, I mentioned it earlier. Usman Jang uh, goes home with our player of the game tonight with his 15.5 rebound performance on 75% three-point shooting. Um, we've tackled some of the, the major Twitter questions. The only other one that um, was asked that I think is interesting is, who is the most underrated player on this Thunder team? Um... I think you can answer that a few different ways underrated locally, like within the thunder fan base, who doesn't get enough credit versus nationally. Like who's a guy in the thunder that doesn't get enough national attention because people don't watch. So I'll answer kind of both angles um, as it relates to within the fan base, who I think is underrated, you know, based on the guys that watch the games and, and fans that go to the games, who they're maybe underappreciating. Um, I'm going to go with Mike Muscala. Uh, I think a lot of Thunder fans love Mike Muscala, but they they don't necessarily realize how much of an impact he makes. Like you look at the box score again, um, only had five points tonight, but they come at really key times. It feels like Mike's a guy 
you throw him in the game for just a few minutes and he, he does something. He knocks down a big three. Um, the three he knocked down tonight was really, really timely as the Thunder were kind of cutting away at that lead to bring them within 10 and make this game feel like, okay, we've got a chance to go in there and win this game. Mike continues to do that. I'd give him the most underrated um, within the Thunder fan base, at least. And then nationally, um, let's go. Let's go JRE. I think Jalen Williams would have been my answer two weeks ago, but he's starting to get a lot of national attention. Um, ESPN ranked him, I think, sixth in their rookie rankings. They rolled out today. So obviously he's getting a lot of attention that way. He won Western Conference Rookie of the Month for October and November. He's getting plenty of attention, but JRE keeps going out and just doing solid like 29 points tonight as a starter or 29 minutes tonight as a starter. He had 10 points, six boards was perfect from the three point line. Two of two. He's shooting better than 40% from beyond the arc this season. Um, and he's, he's going up against guys every single night that are a lot bigger than him. Like starting at center tonight at what is he? Six foot eight, maybe six foot nine. Just been super impressive. I would imagine most folks around the league that don't cover the thunder, watch the thunder or fans of the thunder probably don't even know, who he is. So I would say he's the the most underrated player as it relates to national. Um, that's all I got looking forward to the rest of the week. The thunder will be in Cleveland on Saturday. Um, they've got the Mavs on Monday and then they have one more game on, I believe it's Wednesday against the Grizzlies. So that's going to be their next three games. Um, Grizzlies Wednesday Cavs Saturday to wrap up this week. And then they'll be in Dallas on Monday to round out the road trip. That's Monday, December 12th, before going home and hosting the Heat that following Wednesday at Paycom Center. Um, we'll also be with you guys Sunday for a group podcast. We'll be recapping um, the majority of the road trip to that point. We'll be four games in. Um, we'll see where the Thunder sit after the 2-0 start to the road trip. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you on Wednesday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.